You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Tonight, we are talking all about family, and we're just going to jump right into it. So if you guys haven't already in the center aisles grabbed the jar of pens, grabbed one and then passed it down, um, I want you guys taking notes tonight, write down anything that stands out to you, um, and do your fill in the blanks and all that. So we are answering the question, how do we navigate family relationships? The first thing that I want to do is start by looking at Jesus' family. It starts off very simple, and then you'll see it gets a little more complicated. So a lot of us are familiar. We've got Mary and Joseph, right? Mary, Joseph had Jesus. Seems simple enough, right? Jesus also had a lot of siblings. Their names were James, Joseph, Simon, Jude, and then he also had sisters, but their names were not listed off in the Bible. Now, this is where things get crazy. Your first fill-in is Jesus had a messy family. Jesus had a messy family. And I'm going to get into this nice long list of how it is. So, first of all, Jesus had a teen mom. Mary was no older than about 15 years old when she gave birth to Jesus. Joseph was actually Jesus' stepdad. If you really think about it, Joseph had to adopt uh, Jesus because he, uh, Mary would, had a virgin uh, birth, and so G- Joseph and Jesus are not actually blood-related. That blew my mind when I thought more about it. So Joseph is technically Jesus' stepdad. Joseph, the father of Jesus, disappears once Jesus turns about 12 years old. This is the last time that we hear about Joseph in the Gospels. Once Jesus turns 12, we don't hear about Joseph anymore. And there's one of two uh, ideas of what people think happened to Joseph. One of these things, one of these ideas is that Joseph walked out on the family. We don't know for sure. There's no biblical proof of that. That is one uh, idea that theologians believe. The second, and this is the more popular um, idea, is that Joseph died when Jesus was a teenager. It says in John 19 that Jesus, when he was on the cross, he made arrangements for his mother to be cared for by the apostle John. And only a widow could be given into the care of someone outside of the immediate family. Now, however, Joseph uh, was no longer in the picture. We do know that, jo- that Jesus had to take care of his mother at a very young age. So that's just a start to the complexity of this family tree. And to take it a step further, I want to talk about his siblings. So different scholars interpret Jesus' family tree um, differently. So I'm going to give you guys two of these interpretations that are popular. The first is that Jesus had step-siblings. So James, Simon, Joseph, Jude, and his sisters, some believe that Joseph had a previous marriage before Mary and had all of these kids. Then his first wife died, 
And so he's a single father raising five, six, maybe more kids, depending on how many sisters there were. And then he married Mary, and now it's a blended family. Now, there's no direct biblical proof that explains that this is exactly what happened, this is exactly what his family tree looks like, but this is one very popular interpretation. The second really popular one is that these siblings were actually cousins of Jesus. And so a lot of people believe that Jesus, I'm sorry, Joseph, his brother, his name is Clopas, had these kids. So technically, these would be Jesus' cousins. But because the family was so close, Jesus just called them his brothers and his sisters. Um, That is the second really popular interpretation. So whatever the truth is, whatever Jesus' family tree really was, if they were um, half-siblings, if they were step-siblings, if they were his cousins, Jesus had a messy family. And a lot of you, if not most of you, can relate to this, having a messy family. Maybe one of the things that Jesus resonates with, what his family tree looks like, you have that in yours as well, whether it's your immediate family or your extended family. And just because Jesus was perfect does not mean his family was. It was far from it. There's no such thing as a cookie-cutter family And I want you guys to understand that Jesus gets it. His family tree was so complicated. And just because Jesus was perfect doesn't mean he doesn't understand us. Jesus understands family drama. He understands having an absent father. He had irritating parents at times. He was probably frustrated with his siblings. I'm sure that he felt like he didn't belong, like he was the odd one out. And I'm sure he felt like he had to carry all this weight on his shoulders for his family. And maybe you felt like this, and you feel like nobody understands. Jesus does. Jesus understands. He gets it. And nobody's family is perfect. No one, even in this room, is perfect. And guess what? This is your second fill-in. Your parents aren't perfect either. Surprise. So when I was uh, preparing this message, I called my mom, and I said, hey, I'm talking about family, and uh, one of my points is parents aren't perfect either. She's like, praise God, someone said it. And I said, mom, I want to share a funny story of when you like, messed up as a parent. She's like, that's a very interesting question, okay? Um, and she retells a story that I love, I absolutely love this story. This is a story of when my mom messed up as a parent. So I want to show you guys a picture of me and my siblings around the time of this story. It's of us three little kids. It'll come up eventually. So that's us. Adorable. That's my sister in the Hello Kitty shirt, me in the middle, and my brother on the side. We're all 16 months apart, very close in age. Um, So one day, my mom was driving us to our elementary school. My brother and me were in school. My sister was too young. And... (laughs) Oh my gosh, this story kills me. So before school starts, you know, you go, you get your little rolly, okay, I had a rolly backpack. I don't know if anyone else did. So I got my rolly backpack, we're out playing on the playground, and you know, my mom's talking to other moms, and my sister, even though she wasn't in school, she would go and play on the playground with us. Then the bell rings, and everyone goes in, you know, their classroom lines or whatever, and then you go to class, and what's done is done. Everyone's in class. So my mom's leaving the school, Um, She walks all the way across campus, she gets in her car, turns the car on, and then she starts to pull out of the parking lot, and she looks back, and the car seat is empty. And she realizes, 
I left Corey at the school. Oh my gosh. And so she drives back to the school. She puts it in park, runs all the way across the school, and the school is completely empty, except this one little girl just swinging on the swing set by herself. No one's there. And that's the time that my mom forgot my sister at the school. So I say this, I tell you this, to show our parents aren't perfect. And sometimes we need to, to give our parents some slack because they are trying. Proverbs 6, 20 through 22 says, My son, keep your father's commandments and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them up in your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. And when you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. What does this mean? It means that we need to uphold the wisdom of our parents. And parents might just have some experiences from their past that can give you a better perspective on your life. And surprise, your parents were once teenagers too, believe it or not, and they might actually have some good advice for you. You just have to ask. So when I was preparing this, um, I decided to take this a step further, and I actually texted, don't freak out, a lot of your parents, and I asked them two questions. I'll leave it anonymous, don't worry. It's nothing bad, it's very sweet. Um, but I asked your parents two things, and I'm gonna share with you what they said, because I want you to know this is the things that are going through your parents' minds. These are the first things that came to their mind. The first question, what is something you wish your teenager knew about parenting? The first thing one of your parents said is, I'm your biggest supporter. I, as your parent, am your biggest supporter. Another said, the advice I give you is to help you in the long run. Another said, if I could take away your fear and anxiety, I would. These are, these are your parents. Another said, I don't know, I want to know what you're going through, but I don't know unless you talk to me. Okay, this one killed me. This one's, one said, this is, one of your moms said this. It's easy to make babies, it's hard to raise them. <laughs> so, there's your dating advice for the night. <laughs> All right, next one. One of your moms said, I'm trying my best. One of, one of the dads said, your parents make mistakes too. And lastly, uh, someone said, we don't play favorites. Your siblings have different needs, so things won't seem fair. That one's interesting, that one's good. Second question I asked your parents was this. What is one thing you want to tell your teenager more? This is what I got back. Never let go of God. You are human, not perfect. Another said, you are amazing, believe in yourself. One said, I love you. Another said, I absolutely love you and I am proud of you in your triumphs and failures, wins and losses. And lastly, go easy on yourself, the stress isn't worth it. I love those. Let's jump into Ephesians chapter 6. I'll give you a minute if you want to turn there. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. It says this. 
Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on this earth. Now sometimes we need to cut our parents some slack and we need to respect them. We need to obey them. This is what the scriptures tell us. We need to honor them. But our parents aren't off the hook either. Because the next verse, get ready, says this. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Exasperate means annoy. Fathers, do not annoy your children. So I'm giving you permission to do this, everyone. When one of your family members is annoying you, I want you to grab your Bible and flip it open and say, excuse me, you're not allowed to annoy me. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Good luck with that. Hopefully you don't get grounded, but. All right, your next point, everyone, is this. You won't have your family forever. This is your next villain. You won't have your family forever. And the truth is, we are never guaranteed tomorrow. And I want to tell you guys my family's experience with this specifically. Um, in 1999, uh, November 11th, my sister was born. And when she was born, um, they discovered she had a staph's infection. And the staph's infection got into her bloodstream. And if you know anything about this infection, as soon as it enters the bloodstream, it's, it can be deadly. And this is a newborn baby. And so my mom had just given birth to my sister. Her name's Corey. And she's holding her. And she had to give her to the nurse. And she said to the nurse, promise me you will give her back. And the nurse said, I cannot promise that. And she had to let her go. And she stayed in the NICU for a few days, fighting off this infection in her bloodstream as a newborn, fresh baby. And by the grace of God, she left, and she is now 23 years old, very healthy. But it's a miracle that she is alive today. Fast forward, 2016. Uh, my brother, I actually have a picture of my family, if you want to put that up there. Ah, I love them. Uh, that's me on the end, my sister next to me, my brother in the middle, and his beautiful wife next to him, and then my mom and dad. Um, so 2016, um, I'm a senior in high school, and my brother had gone away to his first semester of college. And while he was there, he um, hit a really dark place mentally and he decided he was gonna take his life. He was going to commit suicide. Um, and so one night, I received a text and all it said was, just wanted you to know that I love you. I didn't think anything of it. And that night, um, he overdosed on pills. He waited for his roommate to leave for the weekend, um, took the pills, and was just waiting for everything to go black, waiting for his body to shut down. And a miracle happened. His roommate forgot his jacket, came back to the room, and found my brother in his body shutting down. And he was not aware of what was going on. 
And so he called, he called the police, uh, he called the cops. They, the, an ambulance came, they rushed him to the hospital. They were able to save his life that night. But it was a miracle that saved him. If his roommate hadn't come back that night to grab his jacket, my brother would not be alive today. And I want, I was planning on going into this, but if there's anybody in this room that has found themselves in a dark place, and if you are questioning your life, I want you to look at this photo and know that six years ago, my brother, he made one of the hardest decisions in his life. And he wouldn't be the amazing husband he is now. He wouldn't have married Jess. He wouldn't have joined the army. He wouldn't have started his own business. But I want you to look at this photo and look at him and know that you will not stay in that dark place forever. It will get better. It may not feel like it now, but it will. I promise you. The last miracle of my family. Um, a lot of you guys know my story. Um, in 2019, me and my dad, we were hiking, um, just a normal day, and in a snap of an instant, we both slipped and fell off of a 40-foot waterfall, landed straight on rocks, and should not be alive. But I remember um, when the search and rescue, they picked me up in a helicopter, and um, even doctors said this. They said, we've, they said, we've picked up people in this mountain range before, and they are not alive, typically. You are very lucky to be alive. And I don't take that for granted. My family of five should be one. But because of different miracles that happened, our lives are still here. And I'm telling you this now to remind you that life is too short. Life is too short to hold grudges against family members. It's too short to be a jerk to your mom. It's too short to cut your father out of your life. It's too short to hate your siblings because they annoy you or they get on your nerves. Life is so precious and so are your families. And it can all be taken away so fast. James 4.14, it says, You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So we started with the question, how do we navigate family relationships? I want to give you guys two challenges. I only wrote one on your notes, but I want to give you a second one. This first one will apply to everybody. One, I want you to tell your family that you love them. I want you to tell them verbally. I want you to write notes around the house and leave them for your family members. Or even send a text and say, hey, I was reminded tonight that I love you. The second challenge is for a lot of you in this room. Who do you owe an apology to in your family? I want you to apologize tonight. I want you to make amends with that person. If there's one thing I want you all to take away from tonight, it's this. Don't let your pride interfere with your family. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I want you to write that name on your notes of who you need to apologize tonight. 
And I want you to share that in your life group, or if it's really personal, pull your life group leader aside and talk to them about this. And maybe that person that you need to apologize is in this room. Maybe it's a sibling that you need to apologize. Maybe it's somebody that's over in JHM on the other side of this campus, or Awana. Maybe it's the person that's gonna pick you up from HSM tonight, and as soon as you get in the car, they'll say, hey, how's HSM? You'll know what to say. I'm gonna close this in prayer. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of family that you've given us. And Lord, we know that we are just a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You've given us this gift of life and you've given us the gift of family members and I know we don't get to choose these people in our lives but you place them in our lives. Would we be a light in their uh, lives and just love on them even when we don't think they deserve it? Lord, would you humble us and not let pride interfere with our families? We love you, Lord, and we pray this in your name. Amen.